Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good of you to join me here on Money FM. Asia Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning. Seoul and Tokyo are in the green. Sydney is in the red. Seoul is up 0.6%. Tokyo is trading a quarter percent higher. The ASX 200 in Sydney is down a quarter percent. Investors are assessing a new lockdown in Malaysia, a shift in COVID strategy here in Singapore, and may also have their eyes on a new manufacturing data point due out of China later this morning. Joining me to break down all the market action, good Tuesday morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Tuesday, Michelle. Looking good, I have to say. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) That's a way to take a compliment. Now, in live remarks yesterday afternoon, Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong indicated a fundamental shift in the government's approach to COVID-19. Instead of strict containment, PM Lee says Singapore will learn to carry on, even with the virus in our midst. He pledged that Singapore would not be left behind as other developed economies reopen. So let's start with the fundamentals of the PM speech, Ryan. One, are we on track for phase two restrictions to be lifted on June 13th? And two, how would you sum up the government's new strategy? Well, going by the encouraging signs so far and from what we are hearing from the officials, we seem to be on track to do so. Lifting or at least easing some of the tightened restrictions from heightened alert phase two. So that seems to be on track, but you have to, of course, put your cross your fingers that nothing changes, uh, so many moving parts. And what we need right now is for the number of cases to remain low or to go down lower. So that is all dependent on what we see in the next two weeks. And looking at what we have in terms of a strategy, it is quite a wide approach Mm. in terms of um, how they are uh, tackling COVID-19. So you have, of course, a couple of things happening. COVID-19 test kits, DIY test kits. If you are worried, maybe thinking you might have gotten exposure for some reason, you could, in future, just go to a pharmacy or wherever they sell them to pick up a test kit. So that's one. So more testing is part of the measures. And the other message is COVID-19 is not going to disappear. It's going to be around for quite a while in some form, like how some of the viruses or diseases have been around for quite some time. So it will be around what we need to do is to learn how to live with it and to cope with it. So what we have in that sense is a bit of mindset um, fostering that we need to embrace or adapt to it at least uh, that this is going to be the new way of living with um, things for quite some time. So more testing and also learning how to manage these things. So adapting your businesses to these new measures. So we have also more routine testing that will be carried out in many places. So this could open the way for more activities to happen if you have a bit of risk management approach there and more uh, faster vaccine deliveries to come on board. So starting today, students will be able to book their vaccine. So, wow, what a school holiday for them. <laughs> and for those under the age of 40, that's me, that means me, uh, we could look for an invitation to get vaccinated sometime mid-June perhaps. So all this is quite a, I guess, get on with life 
approach. Yep. So more testing, wider contact tracing, an accelerated vaccination program. I think it's a great idea testing at home. I wonder if you have, I haven't seen what the prices of these kits will be like, uh, kits you can pick up from a pharmacy. Is there a sort of an upper limit beyond which you wouldn't buy a kit? Wow. If I'm worried enough, I think price wouldn't deter me. Yeah, but there are some people for whom costs might be a concern. So it'll be interesting to see how these kits are priced. The vaccination program being expanded. Every adult who wants to be vaccinated should be able to get a jab by National Day, including our very young Ryan Huang. The PM is also painting a portrait of a Singapore that once again welcomes overseas travellers and where people can go outdoor for sporting events, even without a mask on. So tell me, Ryan, sounds reassuring. How are business leaders reacting to the PM speech? It has has been mostly positive and I think that is because you do have the potential for more things like events, hospitality, uh, tourism, things like these to come back online and it is what they are describing it as um, a bit of a classic risk reward equation where you can't shut down the economy forever, you can't shut it down 100% so you have to decide what is the balance you want when it comes to the economic equation. And right now, we've been calibrating it slowly based on what we have been experiencing. And if you cast your mind back to centuries ago, we had smallpox, right? And that took 200 years to clear. So you can't shut down the economy for 200 years. So that is the uh, takeaway in the sense that you need to learn how to deal with it and learn how to risk manage it. Because even if you walk out of your house today, a lot of things could happen to you. You have, just have to learn how to manage your risks. Yeah, roll with it. It is a dynamic situation, though. There is another element of the government's plan that has also caught my attention. The Ministry of Health says Singapore residents will be able to get more types of COVID-19 jabs, not just the ones approved by the government. Private companies will be allowed to administer vaccinations like AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson and Sinopharm that are not currently in use here in Singapore, but which have been green greenlit by the World Health Organization for emergency use. So Ryan, which companies might benefit from this new policy? Yeah, I'm just thinking about the activities that you and I have been missing out in terms of our routine activities. And what comes to mind is a lot of the travel, a lot of the sports events. Like myself as a weekend warrior, I miss playing basketball, full court. You know, it is really um, difficult to get the usual sporting group together again to hang out or to play sports. And for yourself, I'm sure you have your own um, activities or I hobbies. I just miss the gym. The gym. <laughs> so all these things could come back online. Mm -hmm. So these sectors, personal fitness, personal care services, hospitality, tourism, events, could have a way of maybe starting up again with the vaccinations being rolled out at a faster pace, with more vaccines being allowed now. And of course, later on, more testing and more management of uh, these um, COVID-19 cases. So that is going to be promising for the economy. But for now, it is expected to be an uneven recovery. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we get that sooner rather than later. We should note that if companies offer vaccines like AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Sinopharm and Shield, consumers will have to pay for the jabs and they'll take them at their own risk. Recipients will not qualify for the current goodwill financial assistance scheme being offered against serious side effects.
moving on. COVID-19 is dominating our headlines for other Asian countries as well. Just north of the border, Malaysians are entering a total lockdown today as the country tries to stem a surge in cases. More than 2,700 people died in Malaysia from COVID-19 on Sunday alone. Sobering statistic. How are Malaysian stocks reacting, Ryan? I imagine investors there cannot be too bullish in the face of this new lockdown. Yeah, no surprises. There was a knee-jerk reaction when it came to the Malaysian markets. At one point, it was down by as much as 1.5% before closing in the red by 0.7%. So all that with actually today, MCO 3.0 starting to kick in. And it was pretty much a reaction to Friday's announcement, what happened on Monday. So investors had the chance to respond yesterday. So it will be interesting to see if the sell-off continues for a second day. A lot happening. The Malaysian government is launching a 9.7 billion US dollar stimulus package, of course, to try to cushion the blow of the lockdown. These include direct payments to Malaysians, loan moratoriums, even salary subsidies. Elsewhere, India is showing signs of reopening its economy. Delhi has lifted restrictions on manufacturing and construction. And in Hong Kong, senior bankers and other business leaders are now uh, skipping along Hong Kong's three-week quarantine. This fanning of changes, uh, the, the moves are fanning charges, I should say, of elitism in the city. But business leaders are clearly happy with this new policy. Tell us more. Yeah, it's all about how some business leaders, some of them, are able to get special permission to skip quarantines. Effectively, they can travel in and out of the city without having to go through the current quarantine requirements. So, that sounds like double standards, right? Nobody Absolutely. likes it, especially if you are the receiving end of the short end of the stick. So that is what's happening with about 500 companies that are included in the Hang Seng indexes and some of the Hang Seng China Enterprises indexes. So they, well, for various reasons, I believe economic reasons primarily, mm. are able to skip the usual restrictions. So I guess Hong Kong is taking it from that sense of how they believe the risk-reward ratio is okay for these people in return for getting businesses going for them. So maybe from that economic lens, they believe that is the right decision and that will spur at least um, the economy for some time. Keep an eye out on that. One more note about COVID-19 before I, I need to move on. As vaccination rates in many countries rise, the OECD is raising its global economic growth forecast, but it also says COVID-19 is fueling inequalities and that will likely take several years for many countries to return to pre-pandemic levels. So what's the latest here? Yeah, pretty much echoing what's been said for quite some time. You are looking at a, an uneven recovery, not just in sectors, but across the world. Some countries doing better than others, especially the developed countries, will do better because they have been prepared and they can afford to be in the front of the queue when it comes to vaccines. So, so well, off the board, or, or the overview of it is the OECD expects the global growth forecast uh, will be higher by five point to 5.8% global growth. That is up from 5.6%. Uh, but it did warn of what you mentioned, widening gaps when it comes to living standards between countries and also how some countries might take longer to recover. And some of them that they singled out include Argentina and Spain. Uh, they will take more than three years to recover from the pandemic. 
versus 18 months for the US and China. So this is what's happening there. And they pin it down to a couple of headwinds, including the affordability and slow rollout of vaccines in these developing countries. Time to move to China now. I, I've been in this business a long time. I remember reporting on the end of China's one-child policy. And here I am talking about the government in China announcing a new three-child policy. As recently as 2016, most families in China were limited to one child. And that cat was raised to two children five years ago. But faced with an aging population, Beijing has now lifted the cap again to three children. In other Chinese news, the People's Bank of China is taking steps to stem the renminbi's recent rise. The Chinese currency is trading at its highest level in three years. So what's the PBOC doing and how is this likely to have an impact? Yeah, we are looking at the Chinese currency up around 13% versus the US dollar since last May. If you cast your mind back to back then, we were talking about that magical seven level. And right now, it's far from the seven level. It's around 6.3. So that is how much or how different it is right now in terms of conversation around the strength of the uh, Chinese yuan. So off the back of this is also the strengthening US dollar, which was in a way unexpected for many people. So what we have right now is the Chinese government a bit worried about the rising strength of the Chinese yuan and they are making their banks hold more reserves of foreign currencies. So that could put a lid on any further rises uh, for the Chinese currency. So for now, that seems to be the um, most substantial move that they made in bringing in the surging yuan. Billionaire investor Ray Dalio is still bullish on the renminbi. In fact, he thinks it's likely to become a global reserve currency. Walk me through Dalio's argument. Well, Ray Dalio, of course, one of the uh, most prominent investors. So when someone like him says says something, it makes the headlines. And that's how I'm looking at it. Mm. So he's pretty much saying what's been said for quite some time. The Chinese yuan might become a global reserve currency. So you do have reasons or at least arguments that you could support it with. And of course, uh, more people, more companies are using Chinese yuan. So that pretty much is what he's saying. The, the yuan's role could grow much bigger in the next few years. But I am going to take it a pinch of salt because people are also saying that about Bitcoin. So you do have a couple of different potential reserve currencies that might happen. But of course, the US dollar is still so prevalent. It is very hard to see it being knocked off its top uh, position. We also have to see if more financial transactions globally are going to be denominated in yen along the way. Let's check in on local stocks right now. We are 19 minutes into the local trading day. Yesterday, the SDI fell nearly half a percent to 31.64. For the month of May, the SDI also finishes in the red, but just a tad more than yesterday's losses. So how is the Singapore market starting off in the month of June? Yeah, yesterday's losses saw it snap a six day winning streak and yep. so far this morning we are looking at a picture of the STI slightly more in the green so that is seeing the STI up 0.1% at 3,167 points and a couple of stocks that might be worth watching you've got Sync Post mm-hmm. in the news and that is because its CEO Paul Colts has resigned after four years at a company to pursue other opportunities. So he's um, going to be staying around until August 31st 
to support the handover. So far, its stock price is down 0.7% at 72 cents. And looking at another stock that's possibly seeing some action uh, this trading day, Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust is trading ex-dividend and is now down by 0.7 cents. That's one cent down by and is now at 142. So right at the top of the table, you've got sets up 1.5%. OCBC, Wilma, Singtel, CityDev wrapping up the top five. So that is the picture of the STI. All right. Thanks very much, Ryan. 921 on the clock. This is your money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.